Welcome to Greater Faith. You're listening to It's Time to Get Out of Shiloh, a message from Pastor Azzalini. We hope today's message blesses and encourages you as you go through your day. Would you stand with me for just a moment tonight and go with me in the book of Joshua, chapter 18, and we're going to read verses 1 through 3. Joshua 18, verses 1 through 3. Praise the Lord. I'm going to speak to you tonight from a thought that I believe depicts where we are right now. And I believe God has left it up to us to decide where we're going. Mm. And I'm going to show that to you in Scripture here tonight. Joshua chapter 18, beginning with verse 1. If you have it, say amen. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel assembled together at Shiloh and set up the tabernacle of the congregation there. And the land was subdued before them. And there remained among the children of Israel seven tribes, which had not yet received their inheritance. And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, How long are you slack to go to possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers hath given you? I'm going to read one more verse, verse 4. Give out from among you three men for each tribe. And I will send them, and they shall rise and go through the land and describe it according to the inheritance of them, and they shall come again to me. And I want to speak to you on this thought tonight. It's time to get out of Shiloh. It's time to get out of Shiloh. Hallelujah. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we love you. Lord, we're so thankful to be in your house with your people. Lord, thankful for all that you have done on this day. Lord, this day you have comforted, you have uplifted, you have undergirded, you have ministered to so many people. And Lord, we are gathered again tonight, Lord, with an opportunity for your word to speak to our hearts right where we are. And Lord, for you to open up our faith, to have vision for where you want to take us. Lord, release faith in this house tonight. In Jesus' name, And let the church say, amen. Amen. Would you give the Lord a hand clap of praise as you're seated? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It was many years ago uh, that my wife and I were asked to youth pastor in Columbus, Ohio. And we were young and um, inexperienced. Amen. Amen. And uh, we were excited about what God was doing. And, um, you know, there was a natural excitement. I'm just thinking of this now. This is kind of a scary parallel. But there was a natural excitement because we were the new youth pastors. And there was some natural momentum that was happening. And being novices as we were, we thought, this will last forever. 
Well, it did not last forever, Brother TJ. Soon, people discovered that we were not as exciting as they once hoped that we were. We were just people. And the newness wore off, and we had, ride, we had rode that wave all the way until things got stagnant. Mm. Hallelujah. Mm. And I learned a very important lesson. Momentum is much easier to maintain than it is to build for the second time. And so I went to the Lord in prayer, and I said, God, I said, I, I need help. For one thing, I don't know what I'm doing. And secondly, I'm not really sure where you're taking us. And so I just began to fast, and I began to pray, and I began to seek, seek an answer from the Lord. And I remember one day in prayer, the Lord just put this phrase into my spirit. He said, 60 for 60, 60 for 60. Our youth group was currently running at that time. Uh, if everybody was there, you know, it was maybe 35, 40, 45 people on some of our best days. But we were running on an average more around 30. And God gave me a vision of our youth mezzanine being full. And so I began to just talk to the Lord about this and... God said, I want you to fast. I want you to call the youth group to a secular media fast for 60 days with a vision, a goal of a 60 young person youth group. Mm. Amen. That was in... I believe it was March or April, it was early in the year when we launched that. And so off we went, and the kids were excited, and we were excited. And we began to fast, and we began to pray. And I remember it was almost immediately God began to bring students. Every Wednesday, it seemed like we had a guest. And students began to get the Holy Ghost, and, and Bible studies began to break out, and students began to start Bible studies in their homes, and kids were getting the Holy Ghost in their living rooms, and God was doing a mighty work, but it took a lot of effort, and it took a lot of time, but I'll never forget, on the very last Wednesday of that year, we came upstairs on a month where attendance is statistically down, we came upstairs to a mezzanine with 60 full chairs of students. Mm. <laughs> Hallelujah. There had to be a vision. There had to be a mission. Now, I want to talk to you about what Shiloh is. Shiloh is where the congregation came together. The root word of the word Shiloh is Shalah. It means tranquil, secure, successful, to be happy and prosper in safety. Does that sound good to anybody? Right? We all want that. Shiloh represents where the people of God, the church, come together, where we are edified, where we are blessed, where we are strengthened. But if we're not careful... Shiloh can become a place of stagnation. Mm. 
See, Shiloh is where the children of Israel came together to recharge, to refresh, to strategize. But Shiloh was never meant to be their final destination. Shiloh was not the end-all, be-all, we-have-arrived destiny of the children of God. Their inheritance, their promise, was in their willingness to operate and possess the promises of God in their life. Let me tell you something. We have some great Sunday services around here. And we have some great Wednesday night services around here. I'd hope your reaction would be a little better than that. Amen. Maybe I'm the only one that feels that way. But I feel like we have some powerful services and some great encounters with God. But I got news for you. That is not the destination. That's just Shiloh. That's just where we come to be refreshed. That's where we come to be renewed. That's where we come where God can speak to us in an environment of clarity and give us Holy Ghost strategy. But having good church is not the promise. Having great church is not the inheritance. The inheritance is outside of these walls. And our purpose and our promise is to possess the inheritance that God gave to us. Hallelujah. I don't want to be comfortable or complacent with just having good church. I want to reach for everything that God has promised to Greater Faith Apostolic Church. God help me if I ever come in and leave satisfied on a Sunday and think, well, we succeeded. We had good church. Good church is not the goal. Good church is not the bar. We want to possess the promises of God in our life. We want to see our city turned upside down with revival. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says that Joshua sent out men to describe the inheritance of of each tribe. And this really surprised me when I looked it up. That word describe means to survey, as in a surveyor. We just recently purchased a home with a little bit of property, and it's kind of an aggravating property because it's an oval. And so I can't figure out where the lines are. I need a surveyor to come and show me where the boundaries of our property are. Let me tell you what Joshua did. He told those men, he said, God gave you a promise. He gave you an inheritance. Now, I want you to go out and draw the boundaries of your inheritance. No. Brother Derek, I don't think they heard me. Joshua said, you can inherit 
as much or as little as you want. I'm authorizing you to draw the boundary around your inheritance. If you want the city, I'll give you the city. If you're just going to settle for a little portion, then a little portion is all you're going to get. I'm telling you right now, greater faith, we are sitting in a place with God where God is holding out the pen and saying, you go and survey the boundaries of the promise and everything you describe I will give it to you I don't want to have little faith when God hands me the pen and says go and draw the boundary that's the moment I want to walk by faith and not by sight there's not one community that I don't want inside the boundary there's not a household or a family that I don't want inside the boundary I want us to draw big boundaries around the promises of God in our life. Mm. You know what the, the enemy does? You'll be living with a situation so long, he comes up and tries to negotiate the boundary so that you'll stop thinking about it. Well, my heart beats for this. I have a desire for this. I want to see this in the kingdom. I want this to be a part of the promise. And your heart aches for it to happen. And so the enemy says, you know how you can get your heart to quit aching? Just redraw the boundary. And then you don't have to think about it. Just Why don't you just shrink your vision and give up on that person? Hallelujah. Just stop believing that that ministry can ever happen. Stop believing that you can have revival in the prison. Stop believing that you can have revival in the nursing home. Stop believing that you can have revival in a city where drugs and alcohol have a hold on the mindset of the people. Stop believing that that will happen. Just redraw the boundary and then you don't have to think about it. Just redraw the boundary and you don't have to stop believing for it. Let me tell you something, friend. I'm drawing my boundaries in blood. I'm drawing my boundaries with with something that cannot be erased by the enemy. There's no part of my inheritance that I'm willing to give up on. I want everything, everything, everything in the inheritance of my God. I'm telling you right now, some of you need to get that pen back out in your life because some of you have negotiated with your conscience and said, I can stop thinking about it if I just cut it out of the boundary. I'm telling you, God is going to provide. God is going to heal. God is going to restore. There will be a revival. There will be a coming back. There will be a renewal. I believe it and I refuse to negotiate the boundaries of my promise hallelujah gotta be careful redrawing boundaries when you redraw a boundary in your life you're saying God I no longer believe that you can take care of this it is not impossible it's your inheritance 
and it's worth fighting for in the name of Jesus. Mm. I've learned you draw a big boundary and you believe God for big things, then you got to start setting mile markers. Amen. I remember when I was a kid driving down the highway. Back then, I know it was crazy, but we didn't have all the screens that you guys have. And our screen was called a window. And we had to look out the window. And sometimes we would draw on the window with the grease on our finger. That was our Etch-A-Sketch. We was poor. Hallelujah. We draw out the window, and I remember seeing these little numbers on the side of the highway. Like, what are those little numbers? I learned later those were mile markers, right? Because if you needed help, and you called, again, before cell phones, going way back. This was like 200 years ago. Right? We had to flag somebody down. They had to go use a pay phone. Like, will you call AAA for us? And AAA would say, where are you? And you had to know what direction you were headed. My God, I'm heading eastbound on. I'm at mile marker. Woo. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. Somebody asked me today, it might have been Brother Carlos. He said, he said Vinny, how'd you get here today? I said, I don't know, Brother Carlos. I just follow that little stupid blue line on my screen. I said, I, don't, I have no idea what states I just drove through. Right? I wasn't even paying attention. I didn't know what highway I was on. I didn't know what state I was in. And I sure didn't know what mile marker I had just passed. Woo! Ha! Let me tell you something. The enemy wants you to get lost inside the boundaries of your promise. So you lose your spiritual compass. And you can't even remember what God did for you. You can't remember the last miracle that happened. Or the last victory that God handed to you. We've got to start being more intentional about our spiritual navigation. I want to say I know exactly where I am. This is the last victory that I passed. This is the last prayer that God answered. This is the last word that I'm still standing on today. I know where I'm at inside the borders of my inheritance and I know where I'm going. Hallelujah. 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 Uh, mm, praise God. Praise God. The size of our promise belongs to us. The size of our inheritance belongs to us. Mm. You can win one person to God, or you can win ten people to God, or you can do what they did in Huntington and win a church to God. Ah, hallelujah. That's the kind of revival that I'm believing the Lord for. Hallelujah. You know, I've learned that at some point in my journey, I have to abandon this consumer mentality that can settle in on us so easily. And I have to remember that I'm a contributor. <laughs> I'm a possessor of the promise. 
I don't know about you, but I'm really, I have a talent for losing things. And so I thank God for air tags and tiles and all those little Bluetooth devices. I could tell you where my church key is at right now, not because I remember where I put it, but because I can find it via Bluetooth right now. Huh. And sometimes, mm, when we lose our way on the journey, and we lose our compass, oh my God, I feel the Holy Ghost in this room right now. It's so easy for us to sink back into this place where I just, I need, I need, I need, I need, I need, I need, and not I do, I do, I do. And why do I sink into that place? Because I've lost my way. <laughs> See, when you connect yourself to the Great Commission, and when you become a, and this is a possessor. See, I lose things. Mm. A church key should be really important to me, which is why I put an Apple tag on it. Because I want to put, don't get scared. Because I, because I want to possess it. But I lose stuff that isn't important to me. Mm. If it doesn't have value, it probably doesn't have an Apple AirTag on it. If it doesn't have value, I probably can't tell you where it's at right now. And when you have a consumer mentality only in the church, and I'm not telling you not to come with expectation. And not to come anticipating to get what you need from God. You ought to show up with that expectation. But to accompany that, there should be an attitude of I'm going to get what I need. And I'm going to contribute to the possession of the promise that God has given to us because it's valuable. I want to stay, I want to know where we're at in the process, Pastor. I want to know what we have possessed and what we're still reaching for. I want to know where the value is in the possession of my promise. Each of you have an Apple AirTag attached to you. Not really, but what I've asked this man to do, this man works more hours than you could imagine building a digital infrastructure for this church on faith teams. You may be seated. And you know why he does that? Because every one of you has value. And the conversations that we have on the phone are like this. Derek, we can't miss one name or one face that comes through that door. Because every name, every visitor, every attendee, every member has a purpose. 
has an inheritance, has a place in the kingdom of God. And I said, Derek, they're too valuable for us to forget. I can't show, I'm not going to, my mind doesn't have the capacity to remember every single person that walks through the door. So Derek, we need a system. We need an infrastructure. And you know what I do on Wednesday mornings? I open up the list of every visitor, every attendee, and every member of this church. And I begin to call out your names. And I say, God, they're a possessor. They're a possessor of the promise. God, I'm calling them out to you today. God, and I'm asking you, Lord, to release your promise in their life. Lord, release it in their family. Lord, release it in their children. God, I want them to be a possessor of the promises that you have for them. But it took Joshua coming and grabbing a hold of the attention of the children of Israel and causing them to believe that there was something worth reaching for and that they could possess it with the help of God. There is no doubt that this church has been pregnant with prophecy for a long time. And now God is raising up men and women in this place. They're going to lead us out of Shiloh and into the promises of God. I'm telling you the work that God is doing in your life right now, it's not for nothing. Wed, it's not for nothing. Brother Wed, I've been praying for you. I'm telling you, God's got more for you, Brother Wed. He's got blessing for you. He's got purpose for you. He's got promise for you. He's got, I pray, the multiplied blessings and favor of God upon your life. Why? Because you're a possessor of the promise. We can't get where we're going all by ourselves. <laughs> Hallelujah. Along with our adults, God is raising up young men and young ladies with the courage and faith of Caleb and Joshua Ooh. that will lead us into places. Let me tell you something. If God tarries, there are kids sitting here right now that are going to lead us into places that we never thought we could go. There are preachers, worship leaders, evangelists, and teachers sitting right here today. God's hand is on this channel. God is stirring up talents. He's activating anointings in these children that are going to take us to the next level. Ben, there's more inside of you that God has not even awakened yet. There's so much inside of them, and we need them to awaken to their full potential in God and for them to see if mom and dad were willing to reach for the inheritance then I'm willing to reach for the inheritance if grandma and grandpa would sacrifice if they lived holy I can live holy if they can walk in righteousness I can walk in righteousness if they can serve in the kingdom then I can serve in the kingdom of God 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of you have ever tried to reach for the things of God in your life only to find out that there was an adversary in the waiting? Something that you need to understand about our inheritance. Until we possess it, somebody else is currently possessing it. And we have to drive out the inhabitants thereof. I think sometimes God gives us promise. And we think, well, just like today, my precious wife, she brought me a plate of food. Yeah, warm chicken and noodles and all this delicious stuff on it. Oh, hallelujah. Did you feel that? I felt a shift. Praise God. Hallelujah. We're going to have to end early tonight. Right? She just gave it to me. I didn't have to do anything for her. She just brought it to me. I think sometimes we think that's how the promises of God are. That's how salvation is. God gives it to us. But the inheritance... That's something we have to possess. Hallelujah. 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 And when you step out and you say, God, I'm going to get out of my comfort zone. I'm going to take a step of faith. Don't be surprised to find out that somebody else has been living inside the boundary of your promise. Our house, we bought our house about a month ago. It's been sitting empty for a month. And every time I show up there, I'm scared to death that some squatter is going to be sitting in there. Trying to possess my inheritance, bless God. So I'm always loud when I pull up. You know, I try to sound bigger than I am because I'm not that big. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't even have a truck, man. Let me tell you something. Sometimes... You walk up to your inheritance only to find out that somebody else has been living there. Mm. Let me tell you something. There are no squatter's rights in the inheritance of God. You have the authority, the power, and the dominion to drive out the inhabitants thereof. You don't have to put up with the adversary possessing any part of your promise. You ought to square your shoulders and lift your voice and begin to declare with boldness, authority, and faith in the name of Jesus Christ. They will. It will. It shall. I will, in the name of Jesus, possess my inheritance. Ah, praise God, praise God, praise God. The enemy tries to intimidate. Let's go to Joshua chapter 17, beginning with verse 16. And the children of Joseph said, the hill is not enough for us. And all the Canaanites that dwell in the land of the valley have chariots of iron. Both they who are of Bethshean and her towns, and they who are of the valley of Jezreel. 
And Joshua spake unto the house of Joseph, even to Ephraim and to Manasseh, saying, Thou art a great people, and hast great power. Thou shalt not have one lot only, but the mountains shall be thine, for it is a wood, and thou shalt cut it down, and the outgoings of it shall be thine, for thou shalt drive out the Canaanites, though they have iron chariots, and though they be strong. Mm. So here they come to possess their inheritance. And what do they find? They find the Canaanites living there. And not only are they living there, they have something that they don't have. They have chariots of iron. Mm. Ooh, hallelujah. And now there's fear. Now there's intimidation. Mm, hallelujah. And so a decision had to be made. What are we going to do about this situation? Because the Canaanites weren't going to go quietly. <laughs> You're going to discover that sometimes. Sometimes even when you raise your voice like I just did. Sometimes the Canaanites don't go quietly. Mm. And sometimes the adversary pushes back. But I want you to look at the description of this inheritance that they were meant to possess. It was a mountainous region full of timber. I did some research, Brother Derek, into those iron chariots. And guess what? Iron chariots... Did I say it right? Iron? Arntin? <laughs> I got corrected today on multiple occasions. <laughs> they had iron chariots, but iron chariots were not built for the mountains, and they were not built for the timber. They were built for the plains. Ooh, ha! Let me tell you what you're going to find out. The very thing that the enemy's trying to intimidate you with, it does not have power over you. It is not stronger than you. It was not built to defeat you. It's just for show. So the next time the enemy takes a posture of intimidation in your life, I challenge you to call his bluff because you're going to find out that his weapons will not be effective within the borders of your inheritance. That's your space and that's your place and you can drive out uh, those inhabitants of the land. Mm. Hallelujah. Says things like, you don't have the right personality. You're not consistent enough. You have your own battles to fight. Your faith isn't strong enough. You're not anointed. Mm. What's he want you to do? He wants you to go back to Shiloh. Oh, look at them talking about revival. You just go ahead and keep having good church. Just go on back there to Shiloh. Where your impact and influence is minimal. Don't come up here on my mountain. 
Don't come up here in this territory. Your name may be on the deed, but we've already moved in. That's what the adversary said. That may be your family, but I already got a hold of them. Peace may be your promise, but I've already got torment a hold of your mind. Faith may be your mantra. But I've already sowed doubt inside of your spirit. So don't you think that you're going to progress and possess what God has given to you. Because I'm already inhabiting some places and some spaces that God gave to you a long time ago. And this is where you begin to set mile markers, Brother Jim. You say, first, we're going to take care of peace. I'm going to pray until I have peace. I'm going to know the word until I have peace. I'm going to get victory until until I have peace. And then once I got peace, I move on to the next thing. And then the next thing. And I start setting mile markers in my inheritance. And I say, God, if you gave me peace, then you'll give me joy. If you gave me joy, then you'll give me victory. If you gave me victory, then you'll help me with righteousness. God, I'm going to possess my inheritance one mile marker at a time. So I got a question for you today. What's your iron chariot? Mm. What is keeping you from possessing the promises of God in your life right now? Ah. Well, I'm just, I'm never going to fit in a church. That's an iron chariot. And it's a lie. Mm. <laughs> There's no place you'll ever fit in better than at church. Because in this place, this place is full of people who were busted, broken, disgusted, who were messed up from the neck up, whose minds were broken, whose hearts were messed up. In this room is former alcoholics, former drug addicts, former fornicators, and people who were unrighteous and who did not have peace and who did not have purpose and who did not have promise but now we do and so will you hallelujah hallelujah well that tribe was ready to retreat they said well I guess we'll just stay down here in Shiloh We'll just stay down here and be content. Oh, hallelujah. I don't ever want to be content in that way. Where I lose my desire and my hunger for more from God and for God. Hallelujah. And you know what? It wasn't a motivational speaker that got them to move. It wasn't a seminar. It wasn't a class. It was a preacher. Mm. Woo. God sent them a preacher to shake them, 
and wake them from their complacency. And I want you to hear again what Joshua said to them. Because I'm saying these words to you. Thou, greater faith, art a great people. And you have great power. And thou shalt not have one lot only. See, that's what the enemy wants. He wants you to live on one lot. I've never owned more than one acre until a month ago. And I told her, I said, I will never buy another place again unless I have more than one acre. Some of you need to stop being content with one lot. Mm, ah! Well, salvation's all I'll ever have. No! God did not just save you to just be saved and just have one lot. He's got more than one lot for you. The mountain shall be thine and the hill shall be thine. Thou art a great people and you have great power. So arise, O children, and possess your promise. Praise God. Hallelujah. Come on, would you stay in with me tonight? Hallelujah. Ah. Praise God. Praise God. Mm. Joshua. Listen, I'm telling you, this is an on-time word tonight. This is an on-time word tonight. We're six months into this journey together right now. Mm. And right about this time, some of us are needing to realign our vision. Hmm. Joshua had to realign their vision so they could see how great and how powerful they truly were. I'm telling, let me tell you what I feel in the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, some of you, before you go to bed tonight, you need to go home. And you need to take out your journal or your phone or your iPad or whatever. And you need to start writing down the mile markers where God has brought you from in the last six months. The enemy, we talked about it in Stillwaters tonight. The enemy tries to prey upon our forgetfulness. But I'm telling you, some of us need to take time to remember today what has God done for me in the last six months what victories have I attained what lots have I possessed what are the mile markers that God has brought me through already I'm looking around this room and there's not a face in here that I don't see a mile marker in your life tonight. there's not one I'm literally going down the rows and I'm thinking of very specific things in this room right now. There are mile markers all over this room. Luke, you sent me a text the other day, and I'm not going to steal your thunder. But I'm just telling you, he had a list of mile markers. Anybody ever send you a text message and it was more like a novel? That's what Luke did. He sent me a novel the other day. But you know what it was? It was the most precious chapter I've ever read. Uh, because it was a list of mile markers. Uh, he said, Pastor, look at everything that God has done for us in six months. You know why that happened? Because six months ago, him and his wife made a decision. We're going all in on the inheritance. We're not 
looking back. We're not questioning anything that God asks of us. We're going all in and we're going to possess the land. Praise God. Hallelujah. I want to tell you tonight, don't you be paralyzed by fear, failure, finance, or fractured faith. Don't you allow any hiccup in the process, any stumbling that's been in your path to mess you up from where you're going. You know what? When you fall down, all the enemy wants you to see is the dirt that you're lying in. But he's scared to death that you'll check the rear view mirror and see all the mile markers that you've passed. Just get back up and keep walking. Get back up and keep possessing the land. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And I, it's, I know it's going to sound funny, but I feel like that's our homework tonight. I feel like God wants us to go home and just, uh, just like the children of Israel did by that riverbed, He wants us to go home and make a memorial of stones. I, I, that's what I really feel. I feel like God wants us to apply this uh, and say you need to take the time to bring it back into your memory, uh, to feel that feeling again, uh, to experience that victory again, uh, to remember that moment again uh, of all that He has done for you uh, in such a short amount of time. I telling you if you will do that if you will apply that word you are going to feel an invigorating power a refreshing in the spirit that will come on you before you go to bed tonight and you're going to wake up tomorrow believing again refreshed again with momentum again saying to yourself I can make it we will conquer we will conquer we will take the land we will take the mountain we're going to cut some timber we're going to drive out some Canaanites. We're going to defeat every iron chariot. And we are going to possess the promises of God. Thanks for joining with us today. Be sure to check us out online at greaterfaith.church or find us on Facebook by searching My Greater Faith. There you can watch this sermon and others, as well as live stream all available services. If you like what you heard today, be sure to follow our podcast for new sermons and Bible studies as they become available. Greater Faith. Everyone's welcome. Nobody's perfect. And anything's possible. Anything's possible.